Welcome back to the show. Well, we've had another week of opinions, experts, open line wisdom, and hot takes. It's that time to bring together our dynamic duo to help, help explain the week that was. It's time for The Wrap. Goodbye now. It's over. That's all. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. It's Friday, and this is The Wrap on the Jazz Joe Hall Show. Thank God it's well, this week we look at 40 million Canadians. Is it time to shut the door? And who's your favorite TV dad? Joining me now is our Friday rap panel. Leah Halive is a TV reporter and radio host. And Sarah Daniels is a real estate agent in South Surrey. She's an author and broadcaster as well. Leah, Sarah, welcome. Happy What's Friday, up, guys? Happy Friday. Well, today, Canada's population reached more than 40 million, and that happened around 12 noon. The milestone <laughs> comes amid a wave of new immigrants uh, as part of Ottawa's promise to bring in half a million people a year by 2025. Uh, in fact, uh, this year alone, sorry, in 2022, more than a million people came to this country. That's a one-off because of, of COVID in many cases. Uh, but Stats Canada says if the current immigrant Immigration levels remain, which is about 460,000 a year this year, 480 in 2024, and as I said, half a million uh, by 2025. Canada's population could hit 50 million in two decades, and by 2041, just uh, not too far away, two in five Canadians could be born abroad. Now, on this show and a lot of other shows, and uh, you hear the comments saying, wait a minute here. Housing costs are going up. In fact, I think a one-bedroom apartment in Vancouver now is $2,700 a month. You, Our roads are busy. we got significant challenges in regards to dealing with all this growth. More and more people are coming here. It's time to either, A, stop immigration for a couple of years or at least halt it significantly as we deal with all these poop people coming here and, as of course, dealing with our housing and transportation challenges. Leah, let me start with you. Do you think we do need to slow down a little bit or at the very least stop for a year or two? Well, first off, at noon, was there a gate that somebody walked through and they're like, hey, that's the 40th <laughs> yeah. million person? Like, no. how did they know that? You want a new dishwasher. <laughs> that's, that's right. You some, get a new country. Some you immigrant just country. came in through, an immigrant just landed and just walked through the doors and the departures and we jumped on it with some balloons. <laughs> Confetti, <laughs> Confetti, everything. <laughs> Gave a brand new dishwasher. No, actually, Stats Canada actually has a site where they, they take in sort of the average for immigration, natural births. Yeah deaths and the number moves uh, all day every day and about 2,500 people our population grows by about 2,500 people a day so there is an actual site you wow. can go to okay. so there you well, go good to know. but but the <laughs> core issue of you know yeah. uh, immigration and growth uh, do you think we need to slow down well, I mean, like I was reading about it and I thought, you know, they do say we do want to attract newcomers to fill jobs left vacant by the retiring baby boomers. So that's a good thing. We do need that kind of switch over. But I mean, like you touched on it and this is what I thought first off was what about housing? What about transportation? What about infrastructure? Like, do we have that? Not really. Are we going to be able to accommodate that for 40 million more? I don't know. But I know we're not going to get to 40 million more in a long time. But I think that like, there's got to be a limit somewhere. I don't know what that is, though. 
Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Sarah, it's what, what I find interesting, and you hear more of this now, hey, I'm pro-immigration, but, and some have said, you know, Canada's going to hit a point, forget about, oh, we're such wonderful, tolerant people, we're going to hit a point going, hang on here, we got inflation, I'm not saying it's fair, inflation, all these other cost of living uh, concerns that we have. In fact, this weekend, gas prices go up two cents tomorrow, uh, eight cents on Sunday. So uh, you're adding 10 cents a litre already this weekend. And then you go back to the core issue of housing. Uh, the tolerant Canadian can become intolerant very quickly when it comes to the basics of and necessities of life. And if they don't feel they're moving ahead or getting ahead, don't you think that perhaps we should be thinking twice about reducing immigration or at least slowing down? I think I think COVID has kind of exasper- exasperated and exacerbated a lot of a lot of Canadians, right? So, you know, we've we have had uh, not enough not enough housing built, and I, you know, you guys hear me bellyache about this all the time. The feds, the provincial government, the municipal governments—I don't care what your political stripes are—everybody needs to get in alignment. There has to be rental housing built. Now, on the flip side of that, I happen to know um, a couple of families that have immigrated from South Africa in the last couple of years. One family, the father was in his mid-50s, and Canada says that if you are that age, well, you're going to have to not necessarily settle in Vancouver or Calgary or Toronto or one of the busier municipalities. You're going to be going to a smaller town because, you know, this is going to be the caveat for arriving. So this family has two years in Prince Rupert. Um, So we're like trying to sort of diversify where people go. Now, having said that, when we talk about housing, they've rented a place in Prince Rupert, which is a basement suite with all their utilities included, two bedrooms. Guess how much they're paying? Mm, No idea. No idea. (laughs) $2,500. It's maybe 900 square feet. What? So this is the thing is, it's, this is an issue that. We, you know, we, we keep on thinking that private industry is going to solve these things. And yeah. then we get on the other side of things, people saying, we don't want government handouts, etc. But unless we all, as a nation, every level of government, mm-hmm. pull our head out of our collective you-know-whats and look at the housing issue very proactively, mm-hmm. we're going to be in big trouble. And it doesn't matter Absolutely. if we close the immigration doors or not, because the problem is already here. And yeah. it has been shuffled down the line. I had somebody That's from right. the Independent Contractors Association uh, on um, a couple of weeks ago, and they're saying uh, their numbers show that Canada needs eight hundred thousand homes a year every year for the next yeah. five years. Oh, we, good luck. You know when we peaked building houses, it was in nineteen seventy two, and it was two hundred and twenty thousand, and we're still struggling to get close to that number. Oh, uh, and now add to that, I wouldn't say add to that. I just had Francis Bula on the show today with the Globe and Mail covering the Jericho Lands announcement by the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh. In Squamish, and they're proposing high rises and low rises, much greater density in the Jericho lands. And we we have not had high density housing significant amount uh, when you when you talk to that yeah. you talk about that neighborhood and West Point Gray because the residents don't like that. But you know what? If it does get approved, it's thirteen thousand new homes. Thirteen thousand, wow. not including Sinoc, which is right by the south of the, um, the south side of the Broad Street Bridge. Uh, we fight housing in some of these more leafy neighborhoods. And to Sarah's point, you got to build more housing. But we also have, have to take to. on some of the NIMBYs who say, well, we don't need the immigration, but at the same time they oppose some of the density that is required in parts of the lower mainland. You know, you see the same thing in the United States. People complain about, you know, illegal immigration in the States. Oh, Sarah, I think we've... Uh Did we lose you again? 
Sarah, I think we lost you there for a second. Well, that is a good ending. I think because <laughs> I think you just the housing, housing federation. Yeah, I know exactly. But we got to our point. We've got to start building more houses for these immigrants if we're going to keep inviting them uh, to this city and to this country. Folks, and we need the infrastructure too, right? The, exactly, more SkyTrain because you know buying a vehicle yeah. uh, is is expensive enough. All right, folks, coming up next, who's your favorite TV dad? That's next. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to our Friday wrap panel. And we all know Sunday uh, is Father's Day. And of course, uh, many of us will look for guidance from our dads, often turning to not only our own dads or whether it's uh, someone else's dad or friend or a relative. And in some cases, maybe a TV dad as well. And we got to thinking, what are some of the great TV dads out there? Uh, Because, uh, you know, there are different types. There's the, you know, the fatherly types, the more grandfatherly types. Types, uh, from some of our TV shows to the Homer Simpsons of the world, the Peter Griffins. Uh, God, each dad has changed over the various decades. If you think of the 50s and 60s, 70s and 80s uh, when it comes to TV. Uh, Leah, let me start with you first and foremost. Is there Are there one or two dads that you um, uh, look towards? You kind of go, you know what, that would be a cool dad. Yes, I have two and hear me out. So I think I've said it before. T.S. Tony Soprano, I love him. <laughs> like I, I swear to God, no one would mess with me. Everybody'd be yeah. scared to ask me out, and he's fiercely loyal and protective. Like yes, T.S. for sure. And then the other one, another one, Walter White. Hear me out from Breaking Bad. Okay, <laughs> he he did go dark for a while, but his intentions were pure at first. He was thinking of his family. He had bad health news, so he thought, "I'm going to make a lot of money, and I can't do it in society." Not what he needed. So I'm going with those two. Wow, I know you kind went of a little to, weird, but <laughs> you went dark quick. Holy That's cow! Right. Dark. <clears throat> That's wow. Dark. That's cold. That's I like cold. me a dark dad. All right. Nobody's going to mess with Leah. No, <laughs> no. one. Holy no. hell. Sarah, how about you? Yeah. Well, both of mine have the initials AB, and one would be Archie Bunker, and the oh. other one would be Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, the thing is, there was all the, you know, the perfect dads that came home and kissed a wife on the cheek and sat down to a dinner with a big loaf of Wonder Bread in the middle, and you think, who are these people? <laughs> or there's your everyday life. Like, I mean, the Bunker thing, not because of, you know, that like, I mean, it, it was basically Archie was a bigot, but it, the show made fun of his short sightedness and ignorance. Right. It was not an endorsement of him. But what I really enjoyed was the, like his chair and, and Edith's chair, because in my house, my dad had his armchair and my mom had her armchair. And if you sat in my dad's armchair, it was lights out, for you, my friend. There was like there was that was it. But also Al Bundy coming home at the end of the day and looking at his family and going, what the hell did I do wrong? Who are you lunatics? You know, that was Putting that the hand more in the along pants. the lines of most childhoods when your dad comes home or, you know, where I grew up with mostly it was dads working. And a lot of moms were not in the workforce at, the, at that time. And it was like dad came home and it was like, oh, make sure the TV's off. Like, pretend you've done your homework. You know, your room is clean. It was sort of panic in the streets and always, you know, none of this like, oh, how lovely and how, how was your day and sit on my lap and I'll tell you a story. Crap. That never happened. No. I just I just love the idea of dad coming home and reminiscing about the four touchdowns he scored. The, remember that? 
What about you, Jazz? I like, I, I, you know, it's animation, but I, I think, I think Homer is fabulous. Homer. <laughs> he's brilliant. You'd never have donuts, though. They'd be gone. Oh, they'd be gone. And, you know, there may yeah. be a nuclear fallout because of his job. He's not very good at it. But, you know, other than that, I also like, um, who's the other one? Phil, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, now as, as a realtor, I take personal offense to that. But, <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's not how it works. That's closer to as probably most dads is sort of making it up as you go along every day and, yes. and trying to figure exactly. it out, trying to do the right thing, because the world is incredibly complicated. But Leah, I, I was not <laughs> expecting Tony Soprano or Walter White. Now, that was... <laughs> Holy jeez. I love them. I'm like, seriously. Nobody <laughs> would, totally would if nobody would have asked you out in your teen no, years. No, I if, would be if... single till they died. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Exactly. Oh, my Yikes. God. Yikes. Exactly. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for your time today. Have yourself a Happy wonderful weekend. Friday. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was uh, Leah Halai. She's a TV reporter and radio host. And, of course, Sarah Daniels. She's a real estate agent in South Surrey. She's an author and broadcaster. They're our Friday rap panel. I was not expecting that. i got to tell you from Leah. Walter White and uh, Tony Soprano. Well, that's, uh, that's impressive.